views and opinions of the guest and host you hear on 1010 WOLB are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio 1, its sponsors, or advertisers. My name is Tyrone Bose, owner of BPPW. He ain't cool it. And welcome to our show, The Call Tyrone Show. And I'm here with my millennial sidekick, uh, Zachary Leacock, social media entrepreneur who majored in audio production, radio, TV, and film at Howard University, the Black Harvard. He is a socially conscious vegan and a producer of the Challenge 10 podcast, a podcast which features interviews with pioneering young artists. Say hello, Zach. Good afternoon, Baltimore. Happy uh, uh, 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As everybody have surmised, if you just look at your calendar, today is uh, 4th of July, and what's known as Independence Day. And for people that don't understand the concept of Independence Day, um, it was the day that the, uh, the uh, Declaration of Independence was issued, thus Independence Day. Um, this used to be, for anybody that doesn't realize this, this used to be a British colony. All right. Now, the, the, the British Crown made money by conquering different lands and colonizing those lands and then stealing all the resources from those lands. When they started applying that in the colonies to the white folks that were here, the taxation and all that stuff without any type of representation in their government, they got upset at all that taxation. They got tired of it. And they said, look, we way over here now. Y'all way over there. And um, now we want our own country because you let, you got troops living in our houses. You're violating all our rights, you know, and um, we have rights, you know, so, so they decided to, uh, separate from England. And by the way, that's why we speak English because this was in a uh, British colony. Okay. So, so that's why we speak. And then and English is spoken in, in a lot of places in the world because of colonization, by the way. And they, there used to be a saying that the sun never sets on the British empire. And what made them great, a great country was their Navy. It's always been wars that, that um, have determined history, by the way. And uh, the countries with the, the best military have always been the ones who rule the world. That's why the United States spends so much money on the military, all right? And and um, and, and since, um, you know, uh, Europeans were the first people to exploit gunpowder with guns and, and, and warfare, you know, guns and cannon, they would be the rules of the world. That's how it works. Uh, a, a gun is what's called a combat multiplier. All right, that's why I learned at the military academy, so just, just uh, excuse me a minute. A gun is what's known as a combat um, multiplier, okay? In other words, one man with a gun can take out 10 men with a spear before they get close enough or bow and arrow and that's the value of having that combat multiplier you can use less people to conquer different um, nations and then you uh, one man with a nuclear bomb can take out 10 million with a you know, or a million with a um with 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 uh, m16s so you see the value of combat multipliers and that's why we spend so much money on the military by the way because the united states wants to rule the world and then as the world's rulers um we say we don't want to rule the world we say we don't want territory but United States has seven territories, I believe. I think it's seven. I mean, last time I count, how many? Um, I have to look that up. But well, I know there's a lot of them. Well, I know, I know there's a lot of them. I, this might be seven. I think I know Puerto. Off the top of my head, Puerto Rico, Guam, you know, American Samoa, Samoa. Um, there's several right off the top. U.S. Of my head. Virgin Islands. Yeah, U.S. Virgin Islands. Those are U.S. territories, by the way. The United States 
they are territories that are that are controlled by the United States. And the reason the United States can project project power is because we have such a, a large navy with aircraft carriers and all that, and um, we can project power to these nations and enforce our will of those those nations. The only thing about the lure of, of uh, some of these um, war hawks and these people that are warmongers, you know, like the Donald Trumps and the, um, you know, the Hillary Clinton's of the world that want to go to war, is that a war can be very seductive. You got you got these powerful weapons. And, uh, you know, we got, the United States has some of the most powerful weapons in the world, but next to the human spirit, is nothing. And we found that out in places like Vietnam and, uh, real, I mean, the human spirit is something that's indomitable. And then and in places like Iraq. So we got to be very careful with thinking that you can solve every problem with the weaponry of the United States. You got your only tool is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail. So we got to be very careful with the use of the military. We might find ourselves in another boondoggle like we did in Iraq. So that being said, um, okay, we got um, the author of the Declaration of Independence. By the way, was um, uh, uh, Thomas Jefferson. Okay, we're going to talk about some other things, by the way. We're going to talk about um, the, the uh, we're going to talk about um, Miss Marilyn Mosby. We're going to talk about um, the shackling of use and all that. But for, for now, we're going to talk about the, uh, the 4th of July, and we're going to try to make some kind of sense out of this. Um, but the author of the uh, Declaration of Independence, by the way, was, was Thomas Jefferson. And um, he, <laughs> he actually is considered, you know, and he, he wrote a lot in the con- into the Constitution. He's one of the founding fathers in more ways than one. Because uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Thomas Jefferson had... Over, owned over 600 people. He was a great slaveholder. He owned over 600 people in his lifetime. Okay, from our, I'm looking at it from the African American's perspective, okay? And a lot of people don't like to hear it. They get mad, especially white folks that see him as a father of the country, one of the family fathers and all this stuff. Okay, but the truth is the truth. You can't change it. And he also fathered several children um, out of wedlock. I mean, not, not out of wedlock, but <laughs> by slaves. I'm sorry. And he enslaved his own children, by the way. Um, uh, some of them he had with, a lot of them he had with uh, Sally Hemings. And you can look this stuff up. Don't doubt me. Look it up first. Then if I'm wrong, doubt me. Don't. The average Negro, they'll doubt what you're saying without even looking it up. If I say something that sounds outrageous on this show, please look it up. All right. And, um, you know, so, so, some historians um, have written that, and people that were there, they said he had a, a strange way that um, uh, populate Monticello, which was his plantation. The name of his plantation Monticello, with uh, his own lookalikes. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> they, they even remarked some of the visitors were remarked how someone some of the slaves that would stand behind them, if you looked at them real good, they looked just alike, you know. So, so you could see that these were descendants, you know. They they had his characteristics. You could see that they these were his children, but they were his slaves. So you're enslaving your children, and you and he also wrote to the, to the Declaration of Independence. The first few words of Declaration of Independence is, and I agree with these words by the way. I don't know if he agreed with them. He was a hypocrite, in my opinion, but I agree with his words. They're brilliant, that we find these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Okay, now he said that. He didn't practice what he preached, but it's in the Declaration of Independence. It's brilliant, and I agree with, with every um, word of that line. However, there are some contradictions, with it, and like I said, the truth is the truth. And by the way, this was all proven with, with the DNA evidence, by the way, that he has, uh, that there's some Jefferson, male Jefferson descendants that are black. And some of them actually started passing for white, so... The other thing about slavery is we have a lot of people that are, you know, that have white blood in them and, and it goes the other way too. There's a lot of white people walking around that don't know that they have uh, uh, black ancestors because of all the, uh, you know, the people that actually what's called passing. Young people don't understand that, but back in the day, people would do what's called passing. If they look close enough to white, 
they pretend like they were white and they were in the married right back to the white race. So there's a lot of white people, a large segment of, of the American population that had white, that had black ancestors that don't even know it. And they would, they would never believe you if you told them. And then I, I saw an, uh, an Oprah special, which actually pointed out some of these people. Some of them were famous people. They had, they had um, um, black ancestry, had no idea. Of course, nobody's going to tell them that because the whole idea behind passing is to keep it a secret. So, um, Zach? Um, going back to the um, the Declaration of Independence, um, it was it's kind of striking, um, you know, even though it does say we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that um, that didn't apply to African-Americans. It didn't apply until uh, uh, to Native, Native Americans. Americans yeah. I think they didn't get considered uh, citizens until like the 1920s um, as recently as that. Um, it didn't apply to women. And um, also, um, you know, um, it was mainly for white land um, holding men. uh, men. Um, So you, you know, were pretty much the elites of the society. So, um, you know, even though it's written right there, um, there are some some caveats to it that aren't, um, you know, some subtitles that aren't necessarily delineated. Okay, um, well, in the text, let's talk about Thomas Jefferson's uh, plantation. And that's let's find out about that. Okay. image of Jefferson as a benevolent slaveholder. The nail reoccupied one half of this site. Inside there were four forges. One example, what went on at Jefferson's extremely profitable nail-making workshop at Monticello. As a young child, your job was to move the nails around, but by the time you're 12, 13, 14, your job is to make these nails. The boys were routinely whipped to force them to be more productive. That happened while Jefferson was on Monticello. It happened when he was gone, because in the 18th century, you couldn't run a plantation without using violence. A man of his time, Jefferson thought he was benevolent, but even his plan for ending slavery would be considered racist today. His view was that at best, there could be an emancipation but then there would be repatriation. There would be colonization. African-American slaves would leave the United States. He did not foresee a biracial integrated society. One of the many ironies of his life because he created a biracial society at Monticello. This is an artist's imagined portrait of Sally Hemings, sister of John Hemings, the furniture maker. She was also believed to be Thomas Jefferson's wife Martha's half-sister the entire Hemings family ended up at Monticello. Okay. So as you can see, it seems quite prevalent because uh, Sally Hemings was actually the daughter of uh, Thomas Jefferson's father-in-law. Okay. So this type of thing with the, and the, and the plantation ladies would often remark at how well or how much the other plantations uh, ch- slaves looked like that slave match and laugh about it, not noticing that their slaves looked like their husband. So it, it, this thing was very prevalent and people... Pretend like it never even happened in a lot of cases. It wasn't going on, especially the wives. Okay, let's take the caller. Okay, up uh, next we have Demita Queen. Good afternoon, Demita. Hey, how you guys doing? Fantastic. I felt any better. I passed out from excitement. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, so glad to have you guys on the show, spreading the knowledge and information that you're putting out there for Baltimore City on this great 4th of July day. <laughs> So, but we put yeah, it out from the African Americans' yeah. perspective. Okay, yeah. we had a different Fourth of July than they had. <laughs> right, well, right, I and I we appreciate that definitely. Mm-hmm. But as public relations for 
Belvedere Real Care Providers and Sister Christina, um, I would like to say to Baltimore City, help me help you help us. Okay, help me help you help us. If you would like to sponsor or support Sister Christina Flowers in her efforts to end homelessness, please, please, please go on www.helpbaltimorehomeless.org or you can reach me, Demita Queen, at dqueen722 at hotmail.com. Again, that's dqueen722 at hotmail.com. Or you may give me a call at 443-500-1194. Okay. All right. All right, Ms. Queen. Thank you for your, your uh, help. And thank you for your advertisement. Thank you okay. so much. All right. So... Um, that's good information put out by Ms. Queen, uh, and, and the homeless is a very important issue, by the way. And um, we have, you know, we have a few issues that we want to talk about in the show, so we're going to, um, I wish the uh, listeners would note that phone number and do whatever you can to help the homeless, of course, no doubt about it. Um, so let's talk about, we've, we've spoken about uh, Thomas Jefferson's plantation. Let's talk about Thomas Jefferson's slaves. Let's see what we have on that. Well, I'd like to welcome you to our Slavery at Monticello tour. But at Monticello today, it is the imperfect Jefferson we see. Monticello was a plantation. And must judge for ourselves. Jefferson professed to hate slavery, called it an abominable crime, but he held on to his slaves. He freed only seven. The author of the Declaration of Independence, who wrote that all men are created equal, owned 600 slaves over his lifetime. And in addition to his legitimate children, almost certainly fathered at least six other children with his slave, Sally Hemings. For generations, descendants of Sally Hemings have been telling stories implicating Jefferson as father of her children. DNA proof of a connection came in 1998 attacked Britain's slave trade. Jefferson writing that King George III has waged cruel war against human nature itself. The Continental Congress took the phrase out. Okay, so Jefferson was going to put some bad things, some nasty things about England. <laughs> Again, hypocritical. Uh, the slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade uh, in the, uh, in the, um, the uh, Declaration of Independence, and they made him take it out. Because they didn't want to uh, incite the slaveholders in the United States. As I've said on a previous show, slavery was about economics. It was really a way for rich white folk to um, make more and more money. Because you can own an individual, still instead of paying an individual uh, $1,000 a, a year, you could buy one for $1,000, anywhere from $300,000, and own them forever. Okay, and their children too, and their grandchildren <laughs> at infinitum. So. It was, it, it, you know, it's just greed. It's mainly greed. And they need the, the hatred part of it to keep the white folks, the, uh, the middle class and working class white folks, interested in keeping us enslaved. Because at least, no matter what your station in life, at least you were better than those Negroes who, if we free them, they're going to take your jobs. But they, only ha they already had your job because they, they didn't work for free. And by the way, they had some very good craftsmen, too, um, at Monticello. And, Je and Jefferson Free one is craftsmen that, you know, made some of the furniture for them and everything else. These people have very good, very highly skilled people too. Um, a lot of the uh, the uh, slaves, and at, at that time, um, we also um, <laughs> they they uh, came up with the Constitution, and um, after the Declaration of Independence, they had a war. Okay, of course the British weren't going to let them go because the colonies was worth money for taxes. So they had a war, and in that war, they said one out of seven revolutionary soldiers were black. 
Okay, so as you can see, we had a very, we had a very um, important part in building this nation. Um, not only from our free labor, the years of free labor building this country and cutting it out of nothing, but also our service in the, in the military. A lot of these wars they would have never won without the help of black people, Civil War included. In the Civil War, you had 179,000 blacks fight, fighting in that war, and they, they couldn't have won without that because the North was, was out general. The generals in the South were much better generals than the generals in the North. The only thing the North could do was have more people and more resources, and that, that's how they actually won the war. Um, I don't know what you were taught in history, but that's the way it went down. Um, and then, and then we had the Buffalo Soldiers that that protected the um, the, the the settlers out west when they started getting the free land. <laughs> when the white folks started getting free land, moving out west, the Buffalo Soldiers protected those white settlers. So you can see as as things go go along that we we you know we had a, a very big hand in, in uh, selling this nation. And um, speaking of the Constitution again, we had a situation where. And by the way, the Constitution, the first, um, um, uh, the first ten amendments to the Constitution are known as the Bill of Rights. All right, and what they do is they protect you from the power of the government. A lot of people don't understand that, but there's been a lot of, of uh, attempts to weaken the Constitution. In other words, give the government more power. Um, in other words, have you be stopped, you know, and frisked at will without, you know, even if you haven't committed any crime, you can be. And we see it. The way they trick us is they, oh well, somebody's selling drugs, something needs to stop. But when it starts affecting you, then you start realizing, wait a minute, I lost my rights. You know, they, they, what was the saying um, um, when they, they came for the Jews? I wasn't a Jew, so I didn't speak out. When they came for the um, Catholics, I wasn't a Catholic, so I didn't speak out. When they came for me, there was nobody left to speak out for me. All right? So when we don't speak out for the, for the least of us, the Freddie Grays of the world stuff, and the Tyrone West of the world, you know, even if we think they're criminals or whatever, don't, <laughs> don't be surprised when it comes back and kick you in the butt. All right? And that's why we have an interest in this type of thing. Nobody should have their rights violated. Nobody. I mean, you, you need to, if you committed a crime, you don't need to be executed on the streets. You need to be brought in and, and brought in and have your, you know, your day in court. There's no, should be no, nobody, who makes the decision of who to kill on the street, you know, even if that was the case. So I don't want that in the hands of the police. Um, I'd rather have it in the hands of the courts. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about the Fourth Amendment. We can get the Fourth Amendment in a minute. Go ahead, Zach. Um, yes, the uh, Bill of Rights was actually, um, you know, like you stated, created to protect people against the government. But, um, you know, when certain situations come up and they're broadcast in the news and, you know, people are being portrayed as violent criminals, um, it gives people the impulse to want to, um, you know, weaken certain um, protections um, in order to, you know, do things like fight crime and things like that. But that's the trick. Uh, that the thing that they don't realize is that they're actually weakening the things that are that were put there in place to protect themselves. Um, so they actually break down their own protections. And uh, like you stated, um, you know, that can come back and, you know, really bite you, um, you know, when you're getting stopped and frisked and, you know, there's no probable cause and, you know, you might be on your way somewhere important and you might be late or something like that. It's all kind of um, different things that can happen um, as a result of uh, your rights being weakened. And, you know, when you start to look at the things that are happening now, they are um, in the process of uh, weakening a lot of the rights um, you know, Based on the war in the drugs. guise of safety, right? The great the, look. This is the thing, people. The thing, the biggest motivator for weakening our rights, our constitutional rights, is the war on drugs. All right, it's, it's it's just started so much stuff where people just bust down your door and break in your house. You might not even have any drugs. They can do that, and nobody's going to go to prison for it. You know, but and this has all been recent. You know, all these new laws that that weaken the um, bill rights. You can be. Uh, let's talk about, for instance, let's talk about. You might be a black man with a warrant. 
Let's talk about that. And then people have better understand what's going on. You might be a black man. First Amendment, one, put up your finger. This is the freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of religion, the freedom to use your one finger if you so choose. Two, put up two fingers, your finger and thumb. It is the shape of a gun that's right. The right to keep and bear arms. Amendment three, put up three fingers, as in three is a crowd. There's too many people. Protect me from quartering troops in my house in times of peace. Four. It's unreasonable search and seizure and protects you from having your home unjustifiably uh, investigated by the state requiring a warrant. So all of those aspects of uh, your right to be safe in your personal effects that are in the Constitution stem from the Fourth Amendment. The Fourth Amendment also deals with how police interact with individuals in a kind of uh, custodial situation where the cops actually stop you and interrogate you. Under normal, under normal Fourth Amendment jurisprudence, for a police officer to be able to stop and interrogate you, he had to have at least what's called reasonable suspicion, which basically means that he had to have some kind of reasonable suspicion that you were engaging in some type of nefarious, illegal, or criminal activity. So after the reasonable suspicion, he can stop you, interrogate you, and maybe pass you down because he thought you were engaging in a crime. Any information or evidence he found after that reasonably suspicion reasonable suspicion based stop i.e. drugs or weapon would be admissible now what the supreme court case does what this uh, utah v strife case does is that it says that reasonable suspicion is no longer required if it is found that the defendant happened to have a warrant on him even if that warrant was not relative to what caused the stop in the first place. In other words, you're walking down the street, and the police officer, you're walking down the street in a predominantly white neighborhood, and you're a black person, and the cop says, you know what, you know, I don't like seeing this Negro in here. I want, I want to stop this guy. Now, under normal circumstances, he would have to have some kind of reasonable suspicion. Usually, you just being black in a white neighborhood is not enough. But now, he can say, you know what, maybe this guy has some warrants. So he'll say, hey, up against the wall, show me your ID. You know, what are you doing here? So, you give him your ID. If he finds that you happen to have a code enforcement violation and a warrant because you forgot to have your garbage cans match what your condominium requires, you're going to jail that day. Now, normally, if that happened, you would have what's called a suppression hearing, and your attorney would say, listen, the cop didn't have probable cause or reasonable suspicion to stop my, 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 my client, and that warrant is not allowed in court, and my, my client not only gets off, he might be able to sue the law, the police department for violation of the constitutional rights and racial harassment. That can't happen anymore. Because what Clarence Thomas is saying is that basically what we used to call in law school the fruit of the poisonous tree. What does that mean? The poisonous tree is the illegal search. The cop doesn't have reasonable suspicion to stop you, and that's a poisonous tree. This is a poisonous search. All of the fruits that come from that poisonous tree the evidence, the warrant, the drugs, the gun, all of the fruit that came from that poisonous search are inadmissible. What Clarence Thomas did in the majority opinion said that's no longer the case. The fruits of that poisonous search are admissible if you happen to find a warrant that this guy has that he may not know about, and then you arrest him through that warrant, and you find that material, and then now you can charge him for the warrant and for that material. Before... 
the illegal search precluded you from using the warrant and everything you got incident to the arrest from the warrant. So what Clarence Thomas has done, as the, as the Supreme Court has done, is that basically it is diminished your fourth amendment protection to the point where, and as Elena Kagan said in her, her dissent, not only are you allowing police officers to engage in aggressive stop and frisk tactics, you're giving them incentive and inviting them to violate your fourth amendment right, because now they can say, well, I did it because I thought you might have a warrant. Okay, so <laughs> as you can see now, they can just stop you. They see you walking down the street, and uh, I won't let me stop this Negro see what he's up to. And then when they, they stop you, search you, and all this stuff, and then, you know, find nothing. And, okay, no no bad, but they at first they were prevented from this because anything they find couldn't be uh, held against you because it was an illegal search. They had no reasonable cause to stop you, it, you know. Now it's like I feel like I need to search this guy. He might have a warrant. So, te so technically, what they can do is just send a bunch of police into our neighborhoods now and stop and frisk at will, okay? Because they they're incentivized because they might actually find something. And they can send a whole squad of police down down Baltimore City in the future behind this ruling and just start start searching people. You might be just walking by and get stopped. It's not just a matter of being late for work. The, the Constitution is supposed to protect us from the police just harassing you for nothing. You should be able to just the police should have any power over you if you're not breaking the law. Okay, that's what I'm trying to make clear to people. And and um, the problem is that we keep letting them have more and more power in the interest of stopping crime, which crime is constantly going up. The stuff we're doing is not working, all right, because we're not addressing the core issue of the crime rate, which is the war on drugs. We don't even touch that. And we try to pretend like stuff like prostitution and all the stuff that's going on in the streets. We've seen these prostitutes go down the street, and we, in our minds we pretend like it has nothing to do with drugs. Okay, the murders, we pretend in our minds has nothing to do with that. You know, when they've even said that once they clear off a street corner, that it increases a violent episode because another crew tries to move in and uh, take that corner because that's money. And, uh, and then that creates even more violence. So when they take a drug crew out, the new drug crew moves in and then you have more violence. So you're chasing your tail with this thing. We're going to have to try another method. It's not working. And, it's, and then we're losing all our rights at the same time, you know, that we try to do this. So... It's not only we losing our rights, we're wasting a bunch of money incarcerating people, mass incarceration. And um, by, <laughs> and that doesn't work either, by the way. If mass incarceration works, it's crime, again, the crime rate would go down and there'd be less murders. But it doesn't work because it's not, again, it's not addressing the core cause of the crime and the violent crime. They're locking up a bunch of people, you know, for drug possession. And that's how they get their numbers up. And they're not, they're not locking up the murderers. That's the, they're going, a lot of them are getting away with it. And then so. it also um, adds to the cycle, um, you know, creating arrest records um, for people for, you know, small petty things when they shouldn't have been stopped in the first place, which, you know, can can prevent employment um, and lead people to, to you know, uh, certain outcomes. Yeah. And that's one of the uh, things that there's a lot of critics of Marilyn Mosby because of the, the charges she brought against these officers. And um, some of them have they have it's in the Sun paper. They have been asked for her resignation, you know, and um <laughs> And uh, and that the, the charges be dropped, and some of them are trying. Some of the officers are trying to sue her, but I think I'm, I'm you know, I would applaud, you know, I support what she did because, um, and like you were saying, she she targets how she's been um, not first offenders that are young. These drug not, instead of giving them a record, they find other ways to deal with them because they don't want to perpetuate the cycle. And the other thing is the vans are better that they ride these prisons around, and now they have to seatbelt them. It's, the police are being more careful. Complaints against the police have dropped, have dropped since these trials. 
So it has caused action. You may not care about these people, but they have the right. They're human beings. Okay, they have the right to be treated like anybody else. And um, so it has it has um, and it also showed that the police aren't properly trained in a lot of cases on how to handle suspects. Okay, it's exposed a lot of stuff. Even though they, she may not get a conviction, it's put them on notice that, hey, you can't just jack these citizens up any kind of way. And, um, you know, these people, they, 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 they're entitled to their day in court. You may say they're criminals and all that. We don't know if they're criminals because technically you're innocent until proven guilty. Freddie, they didn't find any drugs on Freddie Gray. <laughs> you don't, just because you have a, 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 an arrest record doesn't mean you need to be chased down and have your, your uh, neck broke on the street. Because you got criminal record. By the way, again, the war on drugs. <laughs> okay, that's what led to that riot. That's what led to the killing of Freddie Gray. They were looking for drugs, people. They weren't looking for apples or oranges. They were looking for drugs. The war on drugs is, is the cause of a lot of stuff. And that started a riot, okay? <laughs> the other thing is, it's in the Tyrone West as well. They were looking for uh, drugs. I remember um, um, Benfield. Uh, what's the, what's the, um, um, Bernstein? Bill No, no, not, not, not Polish Commissioner. Um, Bernstein, the uh, prosecutor, Bernstein. Yeah, I remember him saying that they found marijuana on on, uh, on Tyrone West or something to that effect. And I was like, I don't care if you found 75 pounds of it on him. That's, that doesn't give you right to kill him. You know, we don't we don't know. The police could be playing that stuff. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying they're doing that. But the flex, this flex squad, for one, they were found with drugs in their lockers. And then police officers have said, the, the honest ones have said they had no reason to have evidence in their lockers. Why, you got, why, you, why would you have drugs in your wall locker? You're a police officer, Okay. And then, and then um, there was a story, uh, this is, uh, you probably can Google this, where they had an officer actually planting drugs on people. And the only way they caught him is the drug dealers started complaining. And um, they, they put marked drugs on, in a park. He picked the marked drugs up. And he tried to plant on somebody. That's how he got caught. Otherwise, we kept doing it. So don't think, you know, and I know it's hard for white folks to believe that the police would ever harass you or ever, you know, or even older people because they don't do it. They do it to people that they think are powerless politically. They don't get it. They don't. They think the police will never harass you or do anything bad to you anyway. So why would you have a riot? You know what are you mad about? No, they're being mistreated. These people are being mistreated. They're fed up. That's why they have a riot. Their right, rights are being constantly violated. And now the Supreme Court has made it illegal. Let's go to let's go to Ernest. Okay. Good afternoon, Ernest. That case you're talking about, it was a female officer, and it was a sting set up by the police. Okay. Department. What was theirs? Um. What, what what case are we talking about now? The the female officer that was planting right. Drugs. Okay. This is so long ago though. But go ahead. Yeah, it was a thing set up by the police department. Mm-hmm. They testified against her, and she still wasn't found guilty. Okay, but it was my, true, right? I'm not making this stuff up. That's the bottom line, right? Yeah, I'm she not wasn't stuff found up. guilty, and the police testified against her. I think if I'm right, I think that's the way it goes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I tried to explain something to to the other, the previous. They're trying to give Goodson a pass. He's the wagon man. He's in control of that wagon. He has a he has he has a, a responsibility to see that a prisoner that he's taken is 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 in good health and is not going to be injured. So when the po- police bring him over to the wagon, when that police says, "I can't breathe," and when Porter tells him that the prisoner said that he can't breathe. That was his responsibility right then and there to call an ambulance, regardless of what it was for. You know, when you're a police officer, you have to go through, uh, uh, you know, CPR. That's required. 
And if a person can't breathe, you're supposed to put him on his back and resuscitate him immediately. Call an ambulance immediately. Now, this judge should know that. Now, the fact that that, that Goodson allowed Freddie Gray to get in that wagon and endanger himself of being arrested, and he was, is because he was trying to cover up for those other officers. Now, they're trying to say, well, it's not a black and white thing. It, it's, it's a racist thing. Well, Goodson is black. He had more of a responsibility seeing that I was a black man right. to, to, to see that he was treated fairly. Uh, uh, the uh, porter, they called out the porter. One of the guys say, hey, porter, get the man some help. And Porter just walked around, just lazily, did, and 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 Freddie Gray told him, "I can't breathe. Do you need an ambulance?" Yes. Now, and he told Goodson, and he said Goodson just went nonchalant, just like he heard it and didn't hear it. Hmm. Now, why is it that it's so hard for our people to understand that if he had called an ambulance right there, he would have been out of it. Porter would have been out of it. And the black uh, sergeant would have been out of it. They wouldn't have been in it. It would have been on the three. They couldn't say that it happened in the wagon if he never got in the wagon. Yep. You know, they would never accept him in the wagon. So when people, when people say stuff like that, it makes me think that they're working for the defense. They're mm -hmm. working for the FOP. When they keep coming out with stuff like that, giving that false information, mm. Uh, and taking information from people that's a, a jailhouse lawyer. And a jailhouse lawyer said this morning that she should have let let the federal government prosecute him. Oh, well, no. the federal government still has a chance to prosecute him. Right. They, they don't have to. They, uh, uh, she can prosecute him. civil rights violation. They can violation of civil rights. Yeah, but they don't have to. Uh, she don't have to give it to the federal government. She do what she has to do, what she was elected to do, and then the federal government has an opportunity to come and prosecute just like they did in the Rodney King case. She did what anybody should have done in her in her situation. That yeah, You had a young man get, get uh, taken in custody by the police, 25 years old. He's dead. Okay? And they so, they saying that she... He didn't die by herself. And she said, right. She didn't die by herself, mm -hmm. and he was healthy when he was first Absolutely. apprehended by the police. So somebody needs to do some explaining. Now, now, right. Absolutely. Now, this is the other thing. That judge was born black in America. Right. He knows he about racism that. and white supremacy. Not necessarily. <laughs> you would think oh, he would. You don't think a black person don't know about racism? I think that some people try to, um, you know, make too much of the fact that since we got a black president, it's all over. <laughs> you know, no, we've been talking about society. you coming up as a black man sometime in your life. You should if you're not naive. You should. I was you, 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 you come across racism and white right. supremacy. Yeah, of course. So you don't have to you don't have to go by the numbers. I need to prove this, and right. you got to dot the dot the eyes and all that. You know the eyes already been dotted from you when you was born and came out your mother's room as being black in New Jersey and going to school in Virginia and being in Maryland. You, you already know the eyes are already dotted for you, mm -hmm. but he 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 is not willing to take the type of punishment that Marilyn Mosley is taking. Now she's been she's been attacked from all over the United States by the FOP, by for, uh, former federal prosecutors, 
like uh, Warren uh, Aperstein. He's a federal prosecutor. And 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 none of these uh, uh, the U.S. attorney when these charges went down, he could have stepped up like he did in in the, in the cases against the jail guards who were also law enforcement officers. He was right out front with federal charges. He didn't assist. Uh, I don't believe he assist. He wasn't out there with her in no way, shape, or form. R- R- Rubenstein or uh, uh, the, the the U.S. Attorney for the State of Maryland. So, uh, all right, Ernest, go ahead and conclude. Can I make a can I can I conclude with this? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Now these people are saying that she put the wrong charges on them. The, all the charges of the officers is on CNN. Every last charge, uh, uh, going down to assault, malfeasance in the office, right. a second degree assault with the automobile, and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no way in shape or form that none of these charges applied to Goodson. I think all of them applied to Goodson. Mm. You know, if you look at the charges, you can see that they all had had, had relevance to what happened on, on each officer that they applied it to. But I am tired of these jailhouse laws. Just because you, you stayed in prison for 12 years and mm-hmm. you read a law book uh, uh, against Marilyn Mosley graduating from University, uh, uh, Boston University. Right. Uh, you, you're going to say that you know more law than Marilyn Mosley? That's crazy. That in itself is crazy. That's insane. All right, Ernest. Uh, thank thanks you for, for your call. Hey, thank you for the time. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, now, um, according to the Sun paper, according to the Sun paper, um, as a result of Marilyn Mosley's actions, and a lot of us, like I said, people are universally glad about this. If you look at the, uh, you know, listen to some of the right wing talk shows and stuff like that. Some people are angry at her for doing this, okay? But according to the Sun paper, it actually quell, it helped quell the riots. You know, complaints against the police officers are down sharply in Baltimore, and Mosley, Mosley supporters credit her decision to press charges as contributing to the decline. Through the first half of 2016, 215 citizen complaints have been lodged against the police, a 37% decline from last year, data show. Excessive force complaints have declined to 41 a 39% drop. Mosley has sent a clarion message to rogue city officers who believe they are above the law that they better take heed, said Attorney Jay Wendell Gordon, who has closely followed the case. And, and then it goes on, um, it's, yeah, it goes on to say, testimony during the trials, Mosley supporters contend alerted the public that police lack training and handling detainees and were unaware of department policy to secure detainees and seat belts. In a city that's paid out millions in recent years to sell lawsuits alleging police misconduct, the trials also focus attention on the police accountability and misconduct. Mosby's backers say the case put pressure on Maryland lawmakers to, to pass legislation overhauling police discipline, hiring and training, and on city officials to equip officers with body cameras, something I support wholeheartedly, and implement a range, a range of reforms. Okay, so... The fact that she brought these uh, charges against the police actually um, did result in, in some good, th- po- what I think, positive things. And uh, you are, as I said, if you are arrested or apprehended, you're innocent until proven guilty. That's what they make lawyers for. And, um, again, a lot of these brutal tactics, when you see these uh, weakening of the Fourth Amendment and things like that and things like stand your ground, they have black people in mind when they're doing this stuff. I hope people are, you're not naive and believe that it's an all-encompassing thing for everybody. When they when they want to do um, uh, a, a stand your ground law where you you don't have to back up, 
you just shoot a Negro. They got black people that, you know, in mind when they're thinking about these things, these laws and stuff. How Because a lot of white folks, you know, are, um, I'm not going to say intrigued, but they're terrified of the black male, you know. And, um, you know, they see it, you know, I, I remember uh, the guy that shot, uh, what's the guy, Michael Brown? Right, he uh, said that he looked Zimmerman. like he was a demon. Right, you know stuff like that. You know that, and, and then they know code words to use to get the public's you know consent for them to do stuff like that. Right, and um, you could be just an innocent black guy, and they might be frightened by you, and you get shot. Look at Trayvon Martin. We don't think about these things, you know, when when we we're saying, yeah, they should make a law where they can search you if they want to. No, they don't need that kind of power. And I yeah. think um, one of the interesting things is uh, from the Baltimore Sun, it says Mosby's office provided the Baltimore Sun nearly two dozen racist, sexist and threatening emails as a sample of the type of attack she receives. One includes a fake obituary of Mosby and describes her as being gunned down and her family members being hurt. And the ironic thing about that is these are the same people that want to be tough on crime and uh, things of that nature. And they're upset about this verdict. But then they're up here making criminal M threats making at the death same threats, time. Yeah. Right. And she's been receiving death threats and everything. So what she did was a very bold move you know a lot of people don't have the guts to stand up to the white power structure in the city you know and um right is right you don't have the you don't have the um i don't care what the person's race is chinese uh um korean what you know i don't care what the person's race. you don't have the right to kill somebody before they get a day in court all right and you definitely don't have the right to kill um black people and that, as we said um we've contributed a lot to this country you know in terms of free labor and fighting in every war we don't need to be treated like second-class citizens, and we don't. We shouldn't accept that. We should never accept that. And um, yeah, we should. We had a lot of crime on the streets, but the things that they're doing, like the, the police brutality, does not cure that. What it does is exacerbate it. Because what happens is when you have a murder, the people don't trust the police. They see them as an occupying force, and they will not testify against these murderers. And so you, that's why the murder closure rate is so low, because of you know. One of the reasons being the police brutality. A lot of people don't remember those 200 people that the Sun paper, like I said, Freddie Gray and Tyrone West are the tip of the iceberg. A lot of people don't remember those 200 people that they had in the Sun paper that were beat up by the police. Most of them were black, like 90% of them were black people with busted eyes and everything else. And a lot of them were charged with assaulting a police officer. And we know they didn't do it just to cover for the police. So, and my barber had his arm broke. You know, uh, he's, he's like, <laughs> at the, at the um, I think he's like 70 years old or something. He, they broke his arm. You know, with a rough house. He's a nice guy. I don't, he's not a criminal. He's a barber. Okay. Why they had to break his arm? I don't know. Subdue a 70 something year old man. You know, um, Zach. And uh, these are the types of stories that um, are, you know, being illuminated now um, because, you know, for years and years, nobody has believed us when we've, um, you know, spoken about these types of things. And, um, you know, at least now these things are coming to light. And even if um, no charges are brought, I mean, if uh, no convictions are made um, in this um, trials of the Freddie Gray uh, police officers, um, you know, um, at least they're having their day in court and these issues are being illuminated, um, you know, finally. Right. Um, so next up, uh, we'll go to uh, Roscoe. Roscoe, yes. Good afternoon, Roscoe. Yeah, good afternoon. How y'all doing? All right, sir. How's it going? Hey, listen, uh, what's the, what is your name, brother, to host the show? Tyrone. Tyrone? It's called, it's called Tyrone Show. <laughs> okay, all right. Listen, let me let me ask a question going back to uh, how you uh, started off the show. You were talking about Thomas Jefferson and, and his offspring. Only because only because he was the, the, considered the author of the Declaration of Independence, which was issued on 1776, from the black I perspective. Yeah. I understand that connection. Yeah. 
But you said that there were people on on Oprah Winfrey's show, white people that had black lineage, black. Sir, there are there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of white people in this country with black lineage. Here's my question. And don't know. Here's my question to you: Those people that have that mixed heritage like that, do you consider them? White or black, or what do you consider them? Now, I know what state law says. You don't need to recite that. But I'm asking you as an intelligent individual, what do you consider? Do you consider them people black because they got black blood way back? They don't. Sir, they don't know they're black because their parents kept it a secret. That's what the whole idea behind passing. I understand that. Okay, hold on. Roscoe, Roscoe, Roscoe. Yeah. Define passing for me. Say what? Define passing for me, the word passing. What does that mean to you? That means people that look Caucasian, but had some black lineage in their family, right? And thereby they wanted to get all the benefits and rights of a Caucasian, right? Exactly, and that's why they yeah. did it. A lot of young people don't understand, it. and 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 so, if the, is the, did they keep it a secret? Did they yeah, keep? They kept okay, it a so secret. if they kept it a secret, how do their children know that they got white blood? Yeah, I understand all that. What I'm asking you, as an individual, do you consider them people black or white? For all intents and purposes, Roscoe, they're white because some of them are actually racist. Right. Okay. <laughs> what I'm so knowing. What so I'm knowing, they're black. Right. So that goes against the one drop of black blood theory bullshit, right? That you know that you can be black, you, uh, you know, you're black just because you got one drop of black blood in you. Well, they, I think it was 132nd or, or something right. like that. But I know right. they consider Barack Obama black and he's got a white parent. So there right. you go. You know what I'm saying? Right. Zach, were you going to say something? Um, I was just going to say um, it has to do with what, uh, you know, society, um, you know, defines you as. And, you know, if, if if you are, you know, seen as a white person and get those benefits, like you said, for all intents and purposes, then, you know, you know, you would be considered to be a white person. Especially if you got to tell somebody that you're that you're black for them right. to understand right. that. And that's what yeah. the whole the whole idea behind passing was. There was so much discrimination back in the day that some black people that were really light and had uh, white people's hair. Would pretend, and I knew a guy that looked just like a white person, but he was black. He was a ca- he was a captain in the in the military, and and um, we were good friends. And, I, and somebody told me, said, "You didn't know he's black." I said, "No, he didn't tell me." Not asked me, he said, "Yeah, I'm black." His See, sister was, his sister was, let me finish, let me finish. His sister was brown skin, but he was he looks like he looked exactly like a white man. You couldn't even tell. And a lot of times he would be telling me about some of the racist stuff they would say, some of the white officers would say to him. He would go right. and tell me directly what they would be saying because he right. identified with his black heritage. Yeah, you know. I understand there are people like that, but yeah. my question was, what do you, as an intelligent individual, you yourself, I'm not talking about society and the law, I was asking you, what do you consider them? I consider them to be a black person that don't know it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right, Lady Maggie. Good afternoon, Lady Maggie. Good afternoon. Peace and blessings to all of you. I would like to suggest a movie called Skin. S-K-I-N. It's based on uh, the kind of inhumanity that goes on in apartheid South Africa. Uh, There was two parents who appeared to be Caucasian, uh, what they call Afrikaners, and their daughter, who was probably light enough to pass, but her hair texture wouldn't allow it. So the government said she had to leave the house of her parents because of her uh, their uh, legal system of apartheid. And I, I want to also say that I think we're going to get a real uh, shocker soon about what we think is uh, and have been taught 
uh, is somebody's, uh, what they call it, race. Because there's truly and only one race. And that was, I think, uh, let me say this. Well, for all intents and purposes, Lady Maggie, race, the concept of race was, was invented during colonial period. Prior to 16, the 1600s, people didn't even consider race. You were you were an Irishman. If you were European, you were uh, an Italian, etc. Race was a device that was meant to divide and conquer and keep the yeah. working class whites interested in keeping us enslaved. So the so rich people could make more people money. Were known, you, you're saying people were known by a nationality. Yeah, there wasn't so much race. That, that the thing that the white race was was a creation of colonialists just to control those sort of white, rich people to get richer. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can I can go along with yeah, that. But, but that genetically, we're no different than anybody else. I mean, we're no we're no smarter, no dumber, you know, et cetera. No, 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 yeah. no. I'm just saying. I'm, when I say uh, we got another, we got other calls. They uh, man, we, go ahead. I'm talking about everybody in the world because you remember we said the uh, it was said that the world was deceived. Well, the cover has been pulled off, so everything is going to become obvious to those who are paying attention. Right. Okay. All right, Lady May. Thank you. To you. Thank Peace. you so much. Yeah. But some people never, it'll never be apparent to some people, and then they don't care. You know, they're just going to hold on to their hatred. Um, and, um, and just a minute, Carl. Um, the thing about it is, more close to the point, there's going to be apartheid practice in the United States with this Fourth Amendment ruling when people can just be stopped. Where's your papers? Okay. What, what are you doing in this neighborhood, Negro? Let me see your papers because you might have a warrant. Okay. You got to understand these laws. When they weaken these laws, they're doing it with a certain people in mind, okay? Because they love to have their rights. It's your rights they want to violate. Good, let's get the call. Okay, we'll go to Hampton. Good afternoon, Hampton. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, how's it I going, Hampton? make something clear real quick and get out of here. Go ahead, sir. I was a city driver, truck driver, dump truck driver. Yes, sir. You're responsible for anything going on that truck. Just that simple. What that police should have did when they wanted to put him in, they should have said, no. And by him not saying no, he put himself in that position. I agree. He responsible for mm-hmm. that driving, that truck period. And he did all this, could have been awarded and say, uh-uh, call the ambulance. Because they had to took him down to Central Booker. Central Booker would have said to him, get him out of here. We don't want him in here. Call the ambulance. <laughs> exactly. They wouldn't have took him. They would have took him. And that was the main, that was the main just a roadblock to them trying to get away but what they got away with eventually was the uh, bookings refused to take them, send them yeah, to the hospital. What I'm saying is he must have been intimidated, scared, or whatever, or taken out the order they said when he had the whole order in his hand to say, no, have a good evening, guys. Uh, one more thing, Hampton. Yeah. Do you think that the police should have the power to stop you and ask you a bunch of stupid questions? Well. If you're not no, doing anything wrong. Well, wait a minute. No. Thank I you. used to work for John Hopkins. <laughs> I would walk from my house to John Hopkins, which is Belgian Avenue, and I worked at night and walk down through there, and, and they would have they security down there. That's the most secure me. place in the, in, the, in the city is John Hopkins. Yeah. You can't I, steal a penny well, off the sidewalk. That's why I, I jump on you and tackle you. Yeah, but I said, <laughs> what's the problem? Well, they said that somebody just broke into something. I said, what do they happen to do with me? I've been accused of that, too. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying that on one end you walk in, somebody look and call them. Right. By the time you get to the other end of University Parkway, somebody is there to question you. What did I do? Well, they see somebody broken or something. What does that got to do with me? <laughs> yeah, really. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of questions I ask when I'm stopped. You know, I've been stopped when, with AC systems on the back of my truck, and they were like, well, we had a report that someone was stolen. Okay, well, go find a person that did it. Yeah, I got to go. Why? I got to be me. <laughs> yeah, really. 
But um, that's what I'm saying. People don't understand that when you get power, the police that type of power, it, 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 eventually it'll be it'll be uh, used wrongly or misused. Yeah, it will. Yeah. On F, never on somebody white. Like for instance, on us, exactly. That's what I was saying. He's only made with us mine. Quick and get out of here. Go ahead, sir. It was same same earlier. White guy down there killed his grandmother and his grandfather went to Jamaica. Right. And called home and told his mom that he did it. When he got back, they locked him up and all. And uh, Kurt Smoke was a man, made me mad. He said that, that though, I guess whatever talk it was or whatever, at least it wasn't else. And I'm saying, what you mean? <laughs> you mean that's one thing we can do? We oh can do something else, right? You know what I mean? Have a good day, guys. All right, sir. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Yeah, so as we said before, our rights would be to eviscerated. We just don't realize it. We're worried about, um, you know, um, I don't know if we got uh, the weekend of the uh, Fourth Amendment. The weekend of the Fourth Amendment. We can talk about that real quick and then we're going to get off. Okay, we'll go right to that. Yeah. And then we'll try to explain why. Of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. All right, so we have very specific language, and in a moment we're going to look at three basic questions. What constitutes search and seizure? You have to activate search and seizure in order to need that search warrant. And then B, if we do have enough evidence, what does that rise to in terms of probable cause? What does probable cause mean? And thirdly, what happens if the police ignore this? If there's not a good search warrant, um, is there any repercussions? So, um, if we look at selective incorporation, and selective incorporation is this concept that um, the 14th Amendment... Okay, the thing we try to get people to understand, and um, I have I has another clip, but I'm not going to play them, is because this thing is so complicated, it's so complex, a lot of people, it goes right over their head because they think, oh, it's not, they're not going to do it to me. But when they do it to you or your child, then you understand, then you get it. The light bulb goes off. And as Hampton indicated, those laws, and then I indicated earlier, those laws were made with us in mind. Okay, they're not thinking about um, going to Roland Park and, and violating those people's rights because they would have a fit. They would have a hissy fit. You know, so they're going to do that in our community. They're going to stop you on the sidewalk. And then Clarence Thomas, people like Clarence Thomas, has made this possible because he made a majority opinion about this. The man's out of his mind. That Negro, I, you know, I, I really don't get him. You know, he was, he was, he's created by the, by the uh, bougie class of Negroes. That decided they, you know, that they um, this doesn't apply to them, but it does. As long as you, as long as you're a black or a person of color in this country, it, it applies to you. And you don't find out till it happens to you or your child or relative. And there's a lot of people. There, there's thousands of people in Baltimore that this has happened to, but they had their rights um, violated. And Clarence Thomas says that all you have to do is sue the, the police department, and that's only. But if you have the, if you have the all to do that, to hire a lawyer, you know. He said, if they search you for nothing, but that's not going to happen. They're going to jack you off for nothing and cr- try to create a situation so you can actually get arrested and then say, oh, well, oh, I thought he might have had a warrant. So that's why it's important for us to keep our rights intact. And, and, and as much as they want to try to, um, to violate our rights in the pursuit of the uh, ending, you know, the, the uh, pursuit of the war on drugs. So we've got to come to you know, some kind of rationale where, number one, We've got to, uh, we've got to um, take the profit motive out of, out of drugs, okay? 
We've got to um, have a, uh, a Marshall Plan to rebuild these cities. These are war-torn cities. And there's got to be amnesty, just like in prisoners of war, for people that have drug, these drug convictions. And we got to put these people back to work. That Marshall Plan should put these people back to work. And that taking them, uh, I don't know what the way to do that. Maybe legalization, some countries have tried it. They've been successful. But we got to take the profit motive out of drugs because as long as drugs are illegal, there's going to be young people or somebody in the black community, a minority of people that want to sell these drugs. And that's going to cause pain and heartache and and um, murder and mayhem for the majority of the population and terror for them, the people that choose not to do that or involve themselves. So, like I said, we're, as long as we're chasing our tail, we're going to have these issues and keep these blinders on like drugs don't have anything to do with the prostitution, doesn't have anything to do with the murders. Doesn't It, it does, people. It does. If you dig a little deeper, uh, not all the murders, but if you do most of them, 90% of them, if you dig a little deeper, you'll find that it does. Okay, and do a little analyzation. Zach, do you have anything, last words, before we get off? Yes, um, you know, you hear all the time, everybody says, you know, we have to stop these murders, we have to stop all these killings, and, you know, we have to stop killing each other. Um, but, you know, what is actually going to be the thing that's going to, um, you know, affect these uh, murders that are happening in, in the city? And if you take away the incentive uh, for the murders, then, of course, uh, you know, a lot of the murders are going to drop. Um, and so, you know, we can't keep um, continuing to demonize ourselves when other people are demonizing us at the same time. We have to look at what the actual solution is going to be. And we got to have a solution because what's going to happen is with all this mass incarceration, we might as well just open up a concentration camp and just just dump all the black males in it. You know, when they say one in three males, black males before they die, born today, before they die, will go to prison. This is very serious, people. You better think about it. You better come up with some real solutions besides the dumb ones that we have now. Mass incarceration does not work, all right? And, um, you know, all this post-brutality does not work, okay? And and all the other things we've been trying, because we haven't been dealing with the core issue of the murders, all right? Because we have these blinders on. And, and we deal with all these other things, drug possession, marijuana possession, things like that, that are just detractors, okay? This, this stuff's going to continue until we deal with the, the core issue of it. And we've had police officers come on here. We have white people come on here and black people telling you the same the same thing that it's, it's the war on drugs okay but we still don't get it okay this concludes another uh segment of the call tyrone show um i i thank you for your participation and uh i thank you for your time